Welcome back to the Life Has Purpose podcast. This is Bethany. And Ryan Bomberger. It's so good to be back. We've been We've been gone for a minute. We have. It's really difficult. We had a number of speaking, speaking engagements and we were able to travel, took the kids with us to some of those things. So Pandemic didn't shut everything down. So. No, it didn't, but it definitely um, made it a little more difficult more to travel. Yeah, yes. But, but we like a challenge. <laughs> oh, do we? <laughs> I think I, I need a vacation. I, I a challenge, know. a challengeless vacation. <laughs> but we definitely missed all of our podcast friends and... Um, maybe we have to figure out how to take the podcast on the road so that when we're traveling, we could figure out a way to still keep it going and uh, get the kids to work. That's what we need to do. Seriously. I'm saying, can we I'm just teach saying. Teach them to edit, please. <laughs> it, it will happen. Mm-hmm. They can figure out every device and app. Come on. They can figure out. Actually, they, they're on their way. They, they are. They're on awesome their way. kiddos. So, in the midst of all this chaos, yes. truth is still breaking through. Come on. And. It's an awesome opportunity for, especially as Christians, to be able to to point people to the truth that is constant. We right. can have all these crazy, subjective, cultural trends yeah. that literally are exploding every all over the place. But there is one thing that is forever constant. No matter the no matter the century, no matter the cultural trend, no matter the the wish for. Um, you know, deconstruction. Mm-hmm. What needs to be deconstructed mm-hmm. are all these lies. Yes. It has been um, phenomenal to find so many like-minded people as we've been traveling. And I know that sometimes we've just, you know, we feel like, hey, we're in the minority here. Is anybody else reading their Bible and actually using it um, as a standard by which they're weighing on what's going on in the world? And actually the answer is yes. Yes. They might, it not, might not be the loudest voices we're hearing, and we're certainly no. not hearing that come out from the media, but there is a remnant across the globe that is sticking true to what it means to be God-fearing, God-loving, believing for unity, believing for peace, and believing for reconciliation the way God's heart would want it to be. Absolutely. And we have to remember, the media amplifies the things that are actually much smaller. Mm-hmm. This is what they do, and they make it look gigantic. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they they blow things up so out of proportion but this is what they do. This is how lies work. They're all lies are just puffed up things. Yes. You know? And so we just need to stick a needle on it. Mm, that's it. what we're doing. And that's what we're doing today because we're talking about the war on kids. Yeah. We're super this is this is really something that I'm super passionate about and really close to both of our hearts because as all of you know, I have been a teacher and so my under undergraduate degree, my graduate degree, it's all about education and then teaching and I've spent many, many years with kiddos. And so um, I'm just passionate about talking about letting them come out and be empowered as leaders. Right. And of course, being empowered means they're actually being taught the truth because we hear the the adage, Mm -hmm. I guess, all the time that knowledge is power, but that's not true. Truth is is true power. Mm -hmm. Lots of people can be misinformed. Hmm. I mean, I guess you could say misinformation is power and and we're seeing that in our culture. And and the target of that misinformation is often kids. Right. Innocent children. You have people all over the place who understand the power that our public schools have, Mm -hmm. the power that our that our entertainment industry has the news media have Planned Parenthood for instance they they give advice on how do I talk with my preschooler about the body right mm-hmm. um, about their body and so 
this is Planned Parenthood. Remember, $2 billion abortion mm-hmm. industry, and they get half a billion dollars every year from taxpayers. And so they're asking, who has what? And it's a note about gender. And, and they conclude here, your genitals don't make you a boy or a girl. Mm-hmm. This is what they're encouraging people to tell a little preschooler. This is this is what's happening all over the place. The mm-hmm. deception, the misinformation, and before we can't even get the most basic thing right. Right. I mean, if there are no longer boys and girls and there are 58 genders, then everything has to be confused. Right. And how does a young child process it? That's why we have Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts. Boy Scouts are like, well, we'll take in girls. And Girl Scouts are like, we'll take in boys who think that they're girls. And, of course, Boy Scouts are now bankrupt. They announced bankruptcy back in February. Yeah. Okay. I was a Boy Scout. Were you? Yeah, I was a Cub Scout. I didn't go all the way. I didn't go to Eagle Scout or anything like that. But Wait, wait, wait. I was a missionette. Whoop, whoop. That was like. Because we are missionettes for Jesus. We want to live for him each day. That was definitely not a Girl Scout anthem. And it's a shame because Girl yeah. Scouts, I mean, they have gone so far off. That's why you would have missionettes. That's why you have like American Heritage Girls today. Thank- right. Thankfully, you have alternatives to what's going on. Girl Scouts are radically pro-abortion. Which is They're so radically- sad. People don't realize how, actually what is going on with groups like Girl Scouts. Girl Scouts, you know, we, we've done numerous articles on the Girl Scouts with their cookie you know, the cookie sales and, and where that money goes. Right. But Girl Scouts USA is part of the the World Association of Girl Guides and Girl Scouts. And that organization is fighting at the UN level to legalize prostitution, to decriminalize abortion around the world. What in the, And every Girl Scout immediately becomes part of WAGS. That's the acronym for mm-hmm. the group. Right. So what what is it about, you know, these groups that are doing what little girls really should have no role in in playing and right, right. in, in involvement in whatsoever. It's so sad because it also just muddies up the waters of all the good that they do or that they could do. You know, they teach the kids so many different things. They uh, just all the classes and the, and the, um, the badges that they receive right. and they learn so many things. It's like, why, why do you then throw in there? Hey, and by the way, we're going to fight for prostitution to be legalized. I mean, what? This, what this is so crazy. that? And these are young girls. It, it, the Worldwide Association of Girl Guides and Girl Scouts is, you know, it's a multi-million dollar organization. It's a lobbying organization. So in one of those efforts, it was the Bali Global Youth Forum Declaration. In that forum, you know, they're trying to legalize prostitution, mm-hmm. decriminalize abortion. I mean, this is not, when you think Girl Scouts and my girls going out there to to learn these songs and learn how to be a good citizen and to learn how to, to mm-hmm. serve and care for, for others and to learn about, you know, amazing women. Except, unfortunately, all those supposed amazing women are all radically pro-abortion, pro-LGBT. You won't find conservative women in the books right. <laughs> that they're learning about. So there's just such a war on our boys and our girls. Right. And it's coming from every side. Babe, let's talk about just the entertainment industry. Oh, my gosh. Right? We, like, how do we even turn on a television? Uh, honestly, the the ads, the shows themselves, even on the children's networks. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, we're, we're not even talking about over-sexualizing things. We're just talking about sexualizing right. things. In the first place. Right. I mean, the over happens... 
too, but it's, it's incredible. And no matter how much we attempt to restrict devices and restrict things, up pops a menu uh, for even music. Yeah, like iTunes. I mean, the pornographic images. Right. And so many kids have full access to that. So it's, you know, they're peddling pornography. They're peddling, yeah. you know, content that obviously is a worldview that is hostile mm-hmm. to Christianity. It's hostile to common sense. I was really encouraged, though, the other day when I was doing devotions, the Lord really led me to the verse about how we're strangers in this land. Yeah. And all of a sudden, what feels like sometimes, oh, you guys just gripe and complain about everything. No we actually don't belong to this culture. We've chosen to be set apart. And so there's going to be odds that we feel those being at odds in our spirit and we're wrestling with it because our hearts aren't settled because we're not supposed to be settled with what the enemy has for our children. Right. It's it's if as long as we are settled with our children being over-sexualized and uh, you know experiencing things that are far beyond what's appropriate, then there's a problem. Yeah, and we're called to be salt and light. Mm-hmm. There's a reason for that. And when we pull out salt from things, what happens? It loses mm-hmm. its flavor. Mm-hmm. And what ends up happening is when Christians withdraw from all mm-hmm. these different spheres of influence. Right. That the flavor of Christ is not in there. And that's why you have, you know, networks like Netflix that is hardcore pushing not just, you know, sexuality, reckless sexuality, and when that's whether it's heterosexuality or homosexuality, mm-hmm. but drugs and just obscene violence. I mean, this is their normal fare. And of course, with, with children now in their children's program, they're pushing transgenderism and all that mm-hmm. confusion. And then you have Disney as well. I mean, Disney, which mm-hmm. people think is, you know, this this pinnacle of, of children's entertainment that is now pushing an ideology. And it's not just these entertainment industries. It's corporate America. Mm-hmm. They are pushing a worldview mm-hmm. that in so many ways is at odds with our faith. Yeah. And so we're not of this world, but we're still in this world. And we are here to right. be the light of Christ and so how does that play out in our everyday lives? And the thing about salt, it not only gives flavor, but it's a preservative. And so when Christians no longer made a push to take over media or to own airwaves, we no longer preserved what was good and what right. was right. right. We actually gave it over. And whereas, you know, growing up, there was a big encouragement to go to a Christian college, et cetera, which is a good thing. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but there, there wasn't ever, the mindset was as a Christian, you do Christian things and you're in ministry. And so what has happened is we've pulled out of these other areas and we've given them over. Right. And now we're pulling out of the church. The church oh. is actually acquiescing and capitulating to the culture. Right. So if we sound like the culture and we look like the culture, Something's not right. Then we're not. What are we preserving? Being the church. I know. We're not being the preservative that we were called to be. Yeah. Life has purpose. Listen, download, and subscribe to the Life Has Purpose podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or SoundCloud. Life is beautiful. For example, us and you. Hi, my name is Leah, and I'm pro-life because life matters. Hi, I'm Lily, and I'm pro-life because mom and babies matter. 
ProLifeKids.com. Oh, no extra little whatever. Oh yeah. Oh, Simone! Yeah. <laughs> the Radiance Foundation illuminates that every human life has purpose. We educate hundreds of thousands about crucial social issues, and we motivate people to positive action. Truth won't take a vacation. That's why we need your generous donation. Tax deductible, stuff is acceptable. Your gifts make illumination possible. Truth won't take a vacation. And here's our little explanation. Defending human dignity never ends. That's why we depend on you, my friend. Go to radiance.life slash donate to make your tax-deductible donation. Thank you for supporting our life-affirming work. I feel like we're in a season in life where we're legitimately at war all day, every day. That's how it feels over here at the Radiance Foundation. I feel like as we're responding to the culture, we're, we're feeling this intense warfare. And there are many days where we just feel like, can we just pack it in and move somewhere far away where we don't have to deal with this? And the answer is actually no. The Lord, sometimes the Lord's like, Hey, I'm releasing you from certain things. But sometimes he's like, no, I've put you there to stand and fight. And so we want to be a voice that fights for our children, 100% fights for their innocence to be held onto and, and fights for them to be poured into in such a way that they are mighty leaders who are going to achieve great things that they are not only going to be empowered themselves, but they're going to have the tools to empower others. And that's not going to come through through some of the channels that before we might have thought they would have come through. And you're right. It is so heavy. But the thing about dealing with and living in a broken culture is that it also gives us an awesome opportunity to love people, mm-hmm. to truly love people. Loving people is is not just speaking the truth. It's living the truth. And so many kids are being told, you know, in this culture of confusion that, you know, love is love and and tolerance and tolerance is the virtue, but they really don't know what love really is. They really don't know what tolerance truly is. We've created the meme that says love lifts people out of their circumstances. Tolerance keeps people where they are and pretends there are no circumstances. That is 100% true. Yes. And you look at the the things that get embraced today, so many people don't ever want to talk about the origin of things. Mm-hmm. And so what they do is they just celebrate, hey, you're this and, you know, sparkle and glitter and we're right. going to celebrate this and we're going to, you know, brokenness has roots. Mm-hmm. It's this, this stuff is deep. Mm-hmm. And this, I'm talking about brokenness for anything. I'm talking about whatever leads to, to drug addiction. I'm talking about whatever leads to abortion. I'm talking about whatever leads to homelessness and, and runaways. The, the list goes on and on. But yet our children are fed this lie that somehow, hey, there is no real truth. It's Mm-mm. just whatever you feel. That's right. it. Exactly. And it just allows anybody to say, hey, these are th- this is what I think is truth. And so I'm just going to pour truth on you, my truth, which is actually not the truth, which makes me think of Amelia Bono. 
Oh, yeah. The creator of the Shout Your Abortion campaign. But what was incredibly disturbing to me is this series of viral videos that she's done where she's sitting there in a folding chair and she brings in kids of different ages and they're sitting there next to her. It's just very simple, very minimalistic. And she... Um, just begins to talk about abortion and her heart is really to normalize abortion and to allow these children to ask any questions that they want. Well, sort of. It, it's so highly edited. The video is, is so in, I mean, as an editor, yeah. I, I don't think she actually says one, maybe she says one full sentence, but it, it's so choppy. And yet you see that these kids who are obviously being exploited, she she's, you know, flanked so, by sure. young children. And she's trying to, it's almost like she's trying to convince herself that what she did, the abortion that she had, she was trying to convince herself that it was the right decision. Right. In front of children. Right. And and then they're asking questions and then <laughs> she's explaining that she's actually pro-life. So what do you know or what have you heard about abortion? I don't exactly know what happens, but like you go and basically get rid of the baby from inside you. How, what have you heard? That. Why did you have an abortion? A few years ago I got pregnant and I really didn't want to have a baby. When you have an abortion, what exactly do you do to like have the abortion? You go to the doctor and they put this little straw inside of your cervix and then inside of your uterus and then they just suck the pregnancy out. And it was like a crappy dentist appointment or something. It was just like, ah, this is like a body thing that's kind of uncomfortable, but then it was over and I felt really just grateful that I wasn't pregnant anymore. Have you told a lot of people or just your close family? I told my Lyft driver on my way here. <laughs> <laughs> I've told so many people about my abortion, so I decided to tell everyone on Facebook that I had had an abortion and that I was choosing to tell people that because I felt like the pro-choice movement was really silent. Have you ever been like attacked online by pro-life people? Yes, but I don't call them pro-life. I call them anti-choice because who would disagree with that statement, right? Like being pro-life. I'm just like, that's not, you guys aren't pro-life. I'm pro-life. Do we want people to just have all those babies? No. So what do we do with them? Put them up for adoption. I feel like if I, I'm forced to create life. Mm -hmm. I have lost the right to my own life. I should be the one to decide if my body creates a life. Even if you're giving a kid up for adoption, you still like have a kid out there somewhere, you know? Yeah. Are you religious at all? I believe in God. Mm -hmm. What do you think that God thinks about abortion? If I were to say, I think like he's fine with it because there are still babies being born. Mm -hmm. What do you think God thinks about abortion? I think it's all part of God's plan. Right, because selfishness is at the center of every single thing she says to any of these kids. Well, it wasn't the right time for me to have a baby. I didn't really want to have a baby. My partner didn't want to have a baby. You've got to convince kids that this makes sense. Right. Because in their gut, they're like, yeah, this doesn't make sense. This is wrong. And so the heart is to normalize abortion and to influence children at very young ages and we're talking about the war on children because this is a war and a lot of people don't want to believe 
that their children are being influenced. And we think to ourselves, oh, there's, we're sheltering our kids from certain things. And while that's wonderful and true in a lot of ways, there is so much misinformation out there and there is an agenda to get to our children and to normalize things that are not godly, not healthy, and won't encourage our children to be good citizens, period. Right. I mean, this this is the same woman, too, who, you know, obviously launched this whole shot your abortion and Twitter went mad with it and she has a book out. But now she wants to have put out a children's book. Mm-hmm. You know, this the world is just literally dying to yes. reach our children. Yes. They are dying because that's what they bring. They bring a message of, of death and they themselves, I mean, sin is death. And right. no, no matter what form it takes, but it is death. And they are trying so desperately mm-hmm. to put this death right. in our children. Right. And I believe, and we've said this for years, you know, I believe that children can stand up for what is right and can stand up for what is good from very young ages. And I've felt very strongly in the last weeks and months that that whole statement and that whole line of thinking is really being challenged because we've said this for all these years. But guess what? Now we're seeing it. Our kids don't have another 20 years to figure out who God is. They don't have another 25, 30 years to figure out what's right and what's good. They're in the midst of a culture that's exponentially moving away from God. And if they don't know, they're going to be lost way before 30 years. We don't have the luxury of time. There is an urgency. And so I only say this not to instill more fear, but just to encourage Christian parents to speak to their children, to build them up in things of, of God, and to pour into their character and character development. And of course, this doesn't mean perfection, but this means as parents, as neighbors, as aunts, as uncles, however it plays out in your sphere of influence that you are you have an ability to influence children, now's the time to pour into them because they're never too young to build character and they're never too young to know what is right. Life has purpose. Anyone can be an activist, but you have to speak the truth to be a factivist. When a woman gets pregnant, that is not a human being inside of her. Now that's a pro-abortion activist. We know it's a living human being that's inside of her. And that's a pro-life factivist. Beaffactivist.com. Hi, I'm Kimberly, and I'm pro-life because every kid should have a chance to live in the world and have fun and do amazing things. ProLifeKids.com As parents of four kiddos, we, we homeschool our kiddos, but, you know, babe, you were a teacher in both public and private school. Yes. But it's public schools that really, that's the center of this kind of indoctrination. Mm-hmm. And there are ways that we can be involved. Understand what's going on at your local level, in yes. your local school. It's why we have, you know, we have this sheet that says the top 10 reasons to keep Planned Parenthood out of your local school. Right. Many parents don't realize how intricately involved right. um Planned Parenthood is in public schools across the country. And and more than that, 
you know, the, the top 10 reasons to keep Planned Parenthood out of your school, you can go to radiance.life slash protect our kids. And you can see that article and all the, the disturbing information there. But there's so much content that school boards mm-hmm. are passing. They're passing them off as diversity books, right. which I find it funny because in a lot of these meetings, the school board members themselves can't even read the content that they've because approved it's so for elementary and age. Perverse. Right. All of yes. it. All of it. Right. And some of those books, these are very these are very common books that are showing up in our public schools for young kids at elementary age. It's not the stork, which is supposedly meant for kids four and up which talk very explicitly mm-hmm. about sex. Yeah, we uh, can't it, even read a clip on this. I, I I, I'm like, no, we're not doing that. I'm not going to do it. Um, it's So Amazing, which is another book for kids seven and up, which has plenty of images that are very explicit and it pushes homosexuality. And then you've got, uh, what's the, It's Perfectly Normal, which is, they claim it's for ages 10 and up. It promotes abortion, mm-hmm. homosexual behavior and masturbation and multiple sexual partners because you know how healthy that is. Right. <laughs> Come on, and this is people. this is what's and of course in the forward of that book, who who's part of the forward? Cecile Richards, the former president of Planned Parenthood. Of course, she was the president of Planned Parenthood when she gave the forward to that book. But this these are just just a small sampling mm-hmm. of the books that get put in front of First graders, second graders, third graders. And if I could just add to that, I've taught in different settings, public schools, private schools, suburban, urban, you know, I've kind of run the gamut because before I, before I got married, I had freedom to move into different areas and, and, and and teach in different school settings. And I, I, for a number of years had to legally be the teacher in the classroom when Planned Parenthood would come in. My kids, my students, my seventh and eighth grade kiddos would um, call it Sex Tuesday when they came in because they knew that if they brought up anything, it was free game for discussion. Right. And can I just interrupt yeah. for just a second? Of because course. These were, these were not medical professionals who were coming in from Planned Parenthood. No. They were just activists. Right. They weren't. These were not medically trained individuals who were mm-hmm. coming to to, you know, misinform your precious kiddos in your class. Right. right. They they absolutely. And I remember, you know, being like, why do I have to be in this classroom right now? Because I'm gonna you're gonna play sex bingo, talk about some of the most perverse things. I used to joke about like this isn't a this isn't a class on like educating on health. This is a how to you know, because these kids right. could literally ask whatever they want and it was a free for all. And I'd be like, oh, okay, thanks for coming in for forty five minutes. Now can we go back to teaching math you know and it's kind of like oh okay we just finished literally sex bingo can you put the sex bingo away and pull out your math book (laughs) but but i say all that to say that here we are at this juncture in our life and doing what we're doing and spending our time talking to our life has purpose podcast people and i'm telling you that we're not making up what's going on in these schools this is what's happening it's, it's happening all across the country. There are school districts that have no regard for what p- parental wishes are for their children. Right. And in fact, there's so much going on to actually kick parents out of right. the picture. That there's so m- This is what happens with liberalism. Because yes. liberalism doesn't believe that you as a parent mm-hmm. are the one who should be instilling your right. values into your children. In fact, they're constantly pitting us as the parents, as the enemy oh, yeah, of the child, sure. and as, as the enemy of education. Look, I'm. We are all about education. Oh yeah. We're all about accurate information, and you know what? We're also all about accountability. Right. You know, as taxpayers, the school is accountable to parents, 
And, and that's why we cannot allow our voice to be silenced. And this mm, is not just about, point. you know, the sex mis- miseducation that's going on. It's also the, the race miseducation that's going on. Because now you've got, you know, these initiatives that are going into schools in the Black Lives Matter movement and all the same ideology that pits us against each other, white against black. And it's just... There's so much going on that as parents, we, I know it feels overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And, and this is what the enemy tries to convince us of. You know, you're outnumbered. You're outspent. You can't do this. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. Come on, people. Philippians 4.13. <laughs> I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And we can't give up because it's hard. No. We can do, I've been saying this for like a year. I know other people say it too, but we can do hard things, people. Every day. We have to press through. We have to move through um, our fear of having to tackle these very difficult things. And we have to find the tools and get equipped to be able to to tackle them and tackle them down to the ground. And that's why you're listening to the Life Has Purpose podcast, because you're educating yourselves and you are creating places in your heart and in your mind to grow and to mature and to learn things you might not have known before. Right. So that you can actually have those tools. You know, Matthew 18, 6 says, But if you cause one of these little ones who trusts in me to fall into sin, it would be better for you to have a large millstone tied around your neck and be drowned in the depths of the sea. And the truth is that we don't have the luxury of being lazy about influencing our children because that's a really really heavy verse right there right we're gonna yeah we're gonna be held responsible for how we chose to educate the kids in our spheres of influence i don't know if you've ever worn a millstone around your neck not planning on it (laughs) um because first of all it'll probably break your neck but the whole point of that this is so heavy and I, i i like this you know, people say, well, this is figurative. You know, this is serious. This is how much God loves children mm-hmm. and loves the innocence of children. And Jesus, you know, let the children come unto me. Mm-hmm. And this is a serious thing. We are their protectors. God sent us here as parents to protect our children, but not just our children, because we don't just look out for our own children. We care about, deeply about other children. Right. And we care deeply when they are being polluted. You know, I think of James... In the book of James, where it talks about pure religion, pure religion is this, taking care of the widows mm-hmm. and the orphans. And people often get to the the other part of it and not to allow yourself to be polluted by the world. Wow. We are allowing so much pollution in the heart and the minds of our children. We People talk about, you know, climate change and, and you know, and about the environment. What about the spiritual environment of our children? What about the emotional right. environment of our children? What about the mental environment? Mm-hmm. And we have corporations who are pouring sludge, pouring all kinds of toxicity into our children. And as Christian parents, we have to say enough is enough. When we come back, we're going to talk about what we're doing to try to counter this culture. Yes. And, you know, it's, a, it's one of my favorite authors. She goes by the name of Bethany Bomberger. <laughs> so when we come back, we're going to talk mm-hmm. about her exciting, groundbreaking book, Stay tuned. Life has purpose with Ryan and Bethany Bomberger. Life has purpose. Listen, download, and subscribe at lifehaspurpose.com or on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. Hi. 
Hi, I'm Austin. I'm against abortion because God created them and they weren't supposed to be killed in the womb. Hi, I'm Kai, and I'm pro-life because if my dad's birth mom hadn't chosen life, I wouldn't be here. See ya. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> ProLifeKids.com All right, we are back. Yay. This is Life Has Purpose, and yes. we love creating at the Radiance Foundation tools mm-hmm. for helping Christians especially be equipped to talk about tough issues. Right. And what issue is tougher than the issue of abortion, understanding mm-hmm. what it means to be pro-life? So mm-hmm. I have my favorite author with me in the house, mm-hmm. literally in the house. <laughs> <laughs> she is a children's author of... A groundbreaking book. There's nothing out there like this. It's called Pro-Life Kids. Yes. I love it. I'm looking at the cover right now. And first of all, the illustrator is Ed Kaler, who mm-hmm. is phenomenal. Shout out to Ed. But this mm-hmm. book is changing things. Mm-hmm. So why don't mm-hmm. we just kind of go back? Because we love origin stories, right? We love sure. talking about the roots of things. What moved you? What inspired mm-hmm. you to even write this book, babe? Well... We always talk about the fact that we have to live it to give it. When you hear us speak about things wherever we are, there's really, the, it comes from a place of wanting to see the reality of what we're speaking about happening within the four walls of our home. And as educators, as parents, we want our children who are naturally pro-life. Right. Children are naturally pro-life. It, it is actually their natural inclination to be pro-life. You have to teach a child that to dismember another human being is an act of reproductive justice. That is something you have to convince them of. Right. That's not something that comes naturally. It's not a truth that's even in their heart. So we, of course, age appropriately have always talked about this issue within our house. And, you know, One day I was up and I was doing my devotions and as I was thinking through how I was going to share certain things with the kiddos, the Lord just gave me this text in the form of poetry. And at our family meeting, I decided, oh, let me just read this, this poem out loud. And, and we realized that once I was reading it, that, hey, maybe, maybe this would be a way to help other parents talk about a very difficult subject age appropriately. Right. And of course, everything that we're talking about here in this segment, you can find out about the book and more about the things and some of the tools that we've also created along with it at ProLifeKids.com. Yes. But it went from this poetry and I, I heard it and I thought that, oh my word we need to do something with this that is beautiful babe and so that morphed into creating the book yeah. and it's my heart that it's not just a book it's a movement and that what what happens maybe using this book as a catalyst for um really awakening the hearts of a good portion of the pro-life movement that have been silent and kind of been overlooked, the kids. Right. 
You know, um, before I wrote this, I kind of wrote this around February of last year. In January, I decided to have a pro-life kids. Well, you know this. You were here with me. We had a pro-life <laughs> kids class in our in our house. We yeah. had about 20 kids here, all different ages, from five all the way up to 16. And we talked about different elements of personhood and what it meant to um, appreciate people because of their size, because of where they lived. And then we began to talk about what happens when one human being decides another human being is not human enough. And after we had this class, age appropriately, I just let the kids go out and play and run around. And there was a handful of of, um, kiddos that were kind of just sitting there understanding how sobering abortion is. And we sat there and I said, well, why don't we take some time to really take this to the Lord and pray? And when I heard them pray for the end of abortion in their lifetime, I thought we have to, we can't wait any longer. It's time to mobilize youth because when they understand the injustice of abortion, they're moved to do things. And I know that our conversations with adults and our conversations on college campuses would be radically different completely yeah. if we were intentional about helping our children to articulate well helping our children to understand and articulate a pro-life worldview from a very young age you know what i want to play a clip actually of a friend of ours tony mcfadden Oh, yes. And her son. And she just captured this. This was his natural response to reading mm-hmm. the book for the first time. Just listen to this clip and you can understand when you say, babe, that mm-hmm. kids are naturally pro-life. Just hear his reaction when reading this. Many believed a lie. You're not a person. No way. They cried. You're not a person. Today, many think that lie is still true, that babies in wombs aren't people too. Abortion is when some say it's okay to take take that to take that baby's precious life away. It's not okay for that. No, it's not. You're right. This is exactly why mm-hmm. we need a book like this, mm-hmm. Pro Life Kids. By Bethany Bomberger. <laughs> I, it is so okay. Let's talk about just the the look of this book because mm. it's groundbreaking for a lot of different reasons. And I'm not just saying this. I mean, we have we have endorsements from Jeannie Mancini, the president of March for Life Education and Defense Love Fund, Doctor Alveda King, um, longtime friend, and we got Abby Johnson endorsing it. The Benham brothers, Terry Musin from a you know, co-host yes. from Seven Hundred Club, and numerous others who have just praised this book because there really is nothing out there like this. And when you open this book, and I love just, I love this. Mm-hmm. I love one of our friends, Caitlin Ritchie, who. Um, as a little boy, yeah. Hey, Caitlin. Hey, little Jamie. Joey. We love you guys. And little Joey, he is he is a pro life kid, right. and she just talks about how she would just read this to him over and over, and, and to the point where he just he would just bring it to her. He would love to to hear this, and he's got it down. His cute little what is he? His little peanut is he, voice. Is he four years old? Yeah, yeah, four is. years old. But you open this book up, and it is and even from the cover, you can see that it's just beautiful it's beautifully diverse well here's the thing 
Okay, so for many years as an educator, I've learned to love children's literature. I think it is an awesome tool to talk about many different things and to really reach children on a lot of different levels. Talk about emotions, talk about situations. There's so many different ways. And that there's just so many different ways that literature really speaks to children and and is is really um, allows them to go places that other things wouldn't. But it's not just the text that is important. It is the imagery. And that's why I'm so grateful that God brought us Ed Kaler, because what my heart is that as children would open the pages of this book, and since it's not a character-focused book, it's a concept-focused, I wanted the kiddos to see a reflection of themselves in one of the kids on one of these pages. And so it was important to me that not only were the illustrations speaking loudly, but that even as they opened up the book, um, the end pages would have images of characters that they could pour over and find reflections of themselves in. Now, I'm from a diverse family, you know, white, black, white and black, Native American, Vietnamese. I, I love diversity. And I think sometimes diversity gets elevated too much, but there is something so powerful about identity mm-hmm. where kids can look through this and see this adorable little ballerina with her beautiful cocoa skin and her curly hair and and this little adorable little kid who's you know into martial arts with her mm-hmm. blonde hair and you know girls and boys and those with abilities and differing abilities it's just you know one with down syndrome who's got the t-shirt on that says downright loved mm-hmm. i mean come on this is our heart well you know this is what it means to be pro-life pro-life means for life we're cheering for you right Right. This is what it's all about to crack open a book and feel celebrated. That is the heart of what it means to be pro-life. Pro-lifers are the ones that celebrate life at every age and every stage. Right. And so the feelings that you get when you open this book, and I just love hearing it from you because I feel like you've even looked at the book so many times. So if you still feel... <laughs> just a few. <laughs> if you, yeah, if you still feel that sense of excitement opening up the book, um, that makes my heart happy. And But, but that is what it means to have a pro-life worldview. We are, pro-lifers are the ones that celebrate. We say, hey, it doesn't matter your nationality. It doesn't matter your gender. It doesn't matter your personality. We just love that you're alive and the world is a better place because you're in it. Exactly. And and, and really, people get um, really concerned about talking about abortion because, ah, wait, do we have to be really graphic about it? No. We can handle this issue age appropriately by first laying a foundation where people understand that they are loved just because of who they are and that the things that make them unique and the things that might make them quirky are are the things that we love about them. Right. And we have to understand, too, that people think that this is such a heavy topic, but you have to understand the rest of the world is mm-hmm. is approaching young children as young as kindergarten with, with books about all kinds of issues, the Holocaust mm-hmm. and about slavery. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what the whole, the Who What series, that they mm-hmm. cover every issue under the sun. And these are meant for elementary age children. I mean, as a teacher, you know that mm-hmm. this is this is what's normally taught, all these heavy issues. But the real issue for us is how do you present it? Mm-hmm. Because the world is always going to present it, for the most part, recklessly. 
And True. as Christians, we we understand, one, there's a foundation of truth. We understand the value of every human life being equal and irrevocable. So we approach things, especially in the issue of abortion, very mm-hmm. differently. But for parents who feel like, well, I, I don't know if I can broach this subject with my child. Guess what? The world mm-hmm, is. Mm-hmm. And so while the world's shouting the lie, mm-hmm. too many Christian parents are just zipping their lips and not talking about it. We mm-hmm. cannot allow the world to shout a lie. We have right. to be able to, to shout the truth in love even mm-hmm. louder. We have to teach our kids before a broken world reaches them. Yes. We have to. And I think that, like I mentioned a little bit earlier, I think our conversations would be different. You know, I specifically remember a conversation with somebody I had at a college campus who was saying to me, my parents were pro-life, but I know better. Right. And and if you, if, if understanding um, the value of being pro-life isn't something that becomes like knit into part of who you are right when you're hit with all these other things that especially on college campuses that these kiddos are hit with then you're going to sway from that and you're going to find yourself believing that um taking another human's life is okay yeah and 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 as far as i'm concerned i don't want that to happen on my watch and prepare them it, it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be a scary thing in the sense that, you know, you want your child to be able to respond in, in a way that is that is truth filled, that is that is loving, mm-hmm. um, but that is uncompromising. And that's why, like, I love in the book here where we actually tie mm-hmm. the civil rights movement to mm-hmm. the right to life movement. Mm-hmm. Because you're talking about a period in time when mm-hmm. people with my complexion were considered Mm-hmm. persons because uh what <laughs> because of our brown skin how crazy is that right well you look back at slavery you look at the holocaust and like i said earlier because this is how i describe it to my children anytime one group of humans decides that another group of humans is not worthy of their humanity or not humans it never turns out well ever and ever. really that's what abortion is doing abortion says, hey, this group of humans doesn't have, uh, we, we don't consider them fully human. Right. And so we can take their life without consequence. And I say, no, 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 no. We've seen how this has worked out in history and it never comes out well. No. And as we're looking at it, 62 million uh, you know, who have perished because mm-hmm. people have pushed the lie that some humans are not persons. First of all, every human is a person and every person is a human. Mm-hmm. Period. period and every human life begins at fertilization yeah and for those who think well that's just a religious belief nope it's scientific in fact i love the, the recent study that i just and in fact we'll link this in the in the show block at lifeispurpose.com but a consensus of bi- biologists it's the only study of its kind that i've ever even seen 95% of all biologists agree that human life begins at fertilization. I don't know what's wrong with the other 5%. They're obviously ignoring um, the basics of biology. But the fact is, this is overwhelming. It's not a question as to Mm -hmm. when human life begins. And so, and we even, this is even touched on in here, but as as Bethany was saying, it's all done in an age-appropriate way. It's done in a celebratory way as well, because this is not, as although we're dealing with something so heavy, Mm -hmm. this is a book that you could just... I mean, it's like you can stand up and shout and cheer because in the end, when you have a child whose pro-life worldview, that natural inclination Mm -hmm. is being reinforced, that's something to celebrate. Right. It really is. And so it's not just the incredible 
you know, this, the rhyme, which is what you're using throughout right. this. And, right. you know, I love this. It says, well, could you read this, this which, page? Which page do you want me to read? I, I love this. You, you see visually starting off with the little baby and going through all the different stages of life, including pregnancy and then having a couple with a baby and then elderly people. Right. But, it's, it doesn't matter your size or your age. You have equal value, whatever the stage and where you live won't determine your worth. You're a person. It's true, even before your birth. And now that comes after I've begun to lay out how unique every individual is, right? And right. and how special they are and how God knit them together one cell at a time. And But that that's how I, I really take them to a place of understanding how unique they are. And then we... Go into sadly, there are those who don't understand that life has purpose, whether planned or unplanned. And throughout history, many believed a lie. You're not a person, no way they cried. Today, many think that lie is still true, that babies in wombs aren't people too. Abortion is when some say it's okay to take that baby's precious life away. But your color your gender, and nationality, your abilities, looks, and great personality, they make you, you, fully human indeed. No exceptions, no exclusions. That's the pro-life creed. I love every word of it. I'm partial. I'm biased. I don't care. There's nothing wrong with bias as long as it's (laughs) leading you to the truth. But, you know, I I am one of those exceptions. I was conceived in rape. I was adopted and loved. And... You know, out of our four kiddos, two of our kiddos are adopted as well. And so this book celebrates adoption. It, it celebrates the fact that we value every human life. The circumstances of our conception do not change the condition of our worth. And I'm telling you, the, the response from parents has been phenomenal. And not only does it have the, the, the poetry throughout this, it's also a resource it's a resource for people. Yeah. And so this is reaching out, not just people ask the age group. It's 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 K through five primarily, but it can actually be even pre-K. I mean, even right. two-year-olds, you know, two-year-olds, even up through middle school. I, I don't think a lot of people realize storybooks, picture books mm-hmm. are actually a big thing in mm-hmm. middle school. Mm-hmm. Well, they definitely capture the kids' attention and... Um, this this book is really a jump off point. There's so much deeper that you could go into the issue if you wanted to. Um, you know, at the end, I put a letter from me and some resources, 10 ways that you can show that you're pro-life. We have a section, meet real pro-life kids so that you can um, actually see pictures and, and read little blurbs of what, what other children are doing. Because sometimes we feel like, okay, that means if I'm pro-life, that means I have to like do something huge and get on a big stage. No, you can be kind to somebody. You can wear a t-shirt with a pro-life message. There's a way to really make that um, come to life and be relatable and not out of touch. So pro-life kids, I mean, you can get the book at prolifekids.com. You can get it on Amazon. And more importantly, you can raise a pro-life kid <laughs> in this in this crazy whacked out mm-hmm. culture but the beautiful thing is your child can be a leader not yes. when they're 20 25 they can be a leader at the age of five life has
And I'm pro-life because every life has a reason. I'm pro-life because everybody is wonderfully made. I'm pro-life because God made us special. It's really an honor to serve in this way. And we also want parents to understand, look, you are not alone. There are resources out there. Just yeah. just a few. Okay. Actually, there's more than a few. In fact, we're going to... we're gonna We'll list them. We'll list them in the show. Show block, yes. Right. At lifeispurpose.com. Right. Just go under this particular show block and you will see links to uh, a lot of resources that are really going to be helpful right. for parents. Mm-hmm. regarding children, parents regarding apologetics, right. parents regarding you know alternatives to the Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts, because we don't want to just criticize the things mm-hmm. that we know are so wrong and so broken. We want to say, hey, there are alternatives. Right. There are alternatives. I love World Kids, which is kids.wng.org. That's awesome. My kids still have listened for hours to Adventures in Odyssey Club, right? Right. OAClub.org. Culture of Life Studies is an awesome Catholic-based pro-life resource. GotQuestions.org is, is an awesome one. That's, that's, um, that's apologetics. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. any question you have about faith, it is, it's an excellent resource. Right, right. As is um, AnswersInGenesis.org. Fantastic. MuseumOfTheBible.org. JustTheFacts.org. We got a lot there for you. And JustTheFacts.org, just want to highlight this. It's actually a simple, child-friendly resource about pregnancy and prenatal development. Mm. You know, so th- there are great resources out there that cover these things. Of course, we've got resources too for, from the American College of Pediatricians. So just go to the show block at lifeispurpose.com. You will see the list of links, but we want to equip you. Come on, right. this is part of the, the full armor <laughs> of God is the knowledge, is the, the ability to be able to cut through right. uh, the, the clutter and the noise with right. the resounding sound of truth. Take heart, warriors. Take heart. We're going to win this war. You know, there might be battles that it feels like we're losing, but we're going to win this war together Amen. through prayer, 
through doing hard things and staying on task. So I just encourage you and I'm just sending you a hug from miles away. And and we're not just cheering. We're actually fighting alongside of you. Right. We're in this together. Yes. Yeah. 100%. There's definitely a war on kids, but we're going to keep fighting and we're going to expect the victory. The victory, yes. Hey, we'd love to know what you think of the podcast. Go to lifehaspurpose.com and give us your feedback. You can also listen and download our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or SoundCloud. Remember, whatever may come your way. And no matter what people say, your your life life has purpose. purpose.